welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Fantastic. I want to speak to you tonight about something I've entitled about increasing your faith. Increasing your faith. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it's one of my all-time favourite passages of Scripture. Uh, it simply says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more above and beyond all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's an incredible Scripture. Who has ever quoted that Scripture? Who has ever used that Scripture for themselves when they find themselves in a bit of a bind? You might have certain favourite Scriptures. Maybe this is one of them. And you find yourself in a bit of a bind and you claim that Scripture. But what I want to draw your attention to is this thought. The Word of God says it's according to the power that's at work within you. And so my question to you tonight is, what is the power that's at work within you? In other words, what are you full of tonight? What are you full of tonight? Are you full of faith? Are you full of hope? Are you full of love? Or are you full of hurt? Are you full of bitterness? Are you full of unforgiveness? The question is, whatever you are full of is what you will give out in other words, hurt people hurt people. If you are a hurt person, you will go around hurting others. If you are a faith-filled person, you'll go around imparting faith to others. It's whatever is in is going to come out. And it also goes on to say that whatever you is on the inside of you, whatever you are full of, whatever that power at work in you is, is what you will receive immeasurably more of. So if you're a hurt person... Then, and that's the power that's at work in you, then you'll have immeasurably more than you ask, dream, hope, or even imagine of hurt. Who wants more hurt than they ever dreamed, hoped, or even imagined? Who wants unforgiveness more than they ever dreamed, hoped, or even imagined? Nobody does. But who wants faith more than they ever dreamed, hoped, or imagined? And that's going to depend on the power that is at work within each and every one of you. So what are you full of? You need to be full of the right things in order to live the kind of God life that He would desire us to live. If you are low in faith, if you are low in love, if you are low in hope, then the answer is always to go and get more of what you need. Isn't that right? And so if the cupboard is bare and you have no food in the cupboard, what do you got to do? You got to go and get some more. If the petrol is low, you've got to get some more. You've got to make an active decision to go and do something proactive and get some more petrol, get some more food. And so it is with the things of God. Whatever you are low on, whatever you are lacking, you need to go and get some more. And I believe for 2013 to be the year that I believe God wants us to have. And I believe that this is going to be a year of promise. I believe this is going to be a year whereby God delivers on some of His promises. Some of you, like myself, have been waiting for certain things to take place for many, many years. And I believe there are certain things God is going to fulfill and make good on His promises this year. But for in order for us to hang around to be able to receive those things, we've got to be full of faith. And so the purpose of tonight's message is simply to understand 
and hopefully increase our faith. And I want to read a portion of Scripture found in Luke chapter 1, verse 30 to 38. And it's an account where an angel visited a young woman by the name of Mary. She was a virgin. She was waiting to be married. And the angel had a specific God word for her. And it freaked her out. Everyone says, oh, I wish I had an angelic visitation. You know what I've learned when I read the Bible? Is that most people, when they have an angelic visitation, the thing that they always say, that would be amazing, they all freak out. And so Mary was no exception. She freaked out when this angel visited her. And this is how this uh, account goes. It says, an angel said to her, do not be afraid. Isn't that amazing? It's like every time there's an angelic visitation, the first words out of the angel's mouths are, don't be afraid. Which says to me that angels are not those little cute things you see on the top of a Christmas tree. They are strong, amazing creatures that seem to freak people out. And this angel is no exception. And he said to Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, and he will be great. There's Parenting 101. Speak over your kids' greatness this year. Speak over your children. You'll be great. Doesn't matter what the world says. You'll be great. And he will be called Son of the Most High God. The Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and power you with the, uh, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left. I want to look at three things tonight that will hopefully help us to understand faith and increase our faith that we could leave this place filled to overflowing in our faith journey. And the first thing I want to look at tonight is simply the theology of faith. The theology of faith. The Bible says that Mary believed God. You see, faith can be summed up in just two words. Believing God. And believing God is more than just believing in God. You see, the devil is not an atheist because he believes in God. In James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. And shudder. You see, in a vague way, all men believe in God. You ask people on the street, do you believe in God? They say, oh, yeah. And they have a concept of God to them. And so in some vague way, we all believe in God, but it doesn't mean that we're all believers. Because faith is not believing in God. It's more than that. It is more than believing about God. So you can read the Bible, and you can learn all about God. 
You can learn that he is the creator of the universe. You can learn that he sent his son. You can learn that he is holy. You can learn that he is just. You can learn that he is merciful, that he is omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent, etc., etc., etc. And you can know all about him, but still not believe him. Faith in its simplest, purest form is simply believing God. The angel visits Mary and says, you're going to be with child. She says, that's impossible. And the angel says, no, 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 nothing is impossible with God. And then he asks this question, do you believe this, Mary? He didn't say, do you understand? He didn't get a blackboard out and say, Mary, can you explain what I've just said to you? He simply said, do you believe? And Mary responds, I believe. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, Mary believed before she conceived. Something took place first. And that's faith. See, God keeps certain things from us that faith might increase. You've got to catch this tonight. God doesn't let us know all there is to know all there is. Because he wants faith in us to increase. In John chapter 20, verse 29, says Jesus told them, You have seen and you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. See, if God lets you see everything, then he's removed the possibility of faith. Yeah. See, one day, every person, believe it or not, will see the coming of Christ. But it will not require faith because they will see it with their own eyes. And God wants to give us opportunity to have faith. And so he doesn't reveal everything to us. And so he wants us to get, have an opportunity to get involved in the faith journey with him. And if he reveals everything, we don't have that opportunity to exercise faith. And if we don't have the opportunity to exercise faith, he can't credit things to us. In Romans chapter 4, verse 5, it says, However, to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited, credited as righteousness. And you see, what God wants to do is credit things into our account. And so he wants to give us opportunity to trust him. And so he gives us opportunity to know certain things or, or not know certain things in order for us to trust him. And when he sees us trusting, he says, oh, I can credit them now. Whereas if he told us everything was going to happen, he wouldn't have that opportunity for us to exercise faith, which means we wouldn't be able to credit us with the things he wants to credit us with. Is this making sense? And so we need faith in order to grow. And that's why God does this. God wants his church to grow and to mature and become like him. And so firstly, faith is simply believing God. Secondly, we want to look at the importance of faith. The Bible says that Mary pleased God. 
What you need to understand is faith is the only way that you can ultimately please God. You say, well, well, doesn't the Bible say we need to pray? Yes, but if there's no faith attached to prayer, God's not pleased. I'm absolutely convinced that much of our praying that goes on today does not have faith. And that's the problem. There's no faith attached to what it is we're praying. When we read our Bible, we don't have faith. When we approach our day, we don't have faith. But it's faith that pleases God. And that's why Mary was pleased. Oh, sorry, God pleased. Mary was pleased. God was pleased with Mary. That's what I'm trying to say. Because she exercised faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You see, nothing pleases God more than when we believe His Word. And let's be honest, this is true for all of us. Just think for a moment. When you tell somebody to do something, and it may sound a little bit strange, it may be a little bit hard to believe, but because you said it, people say, no, no, because you said it, I believe you. Imagine if Riley said to me, hey, Tony, I'm going to be around tomorrow at a certain time. I'm going to fix that problem that you're having in your home, etc., etc., etc. And I never doubt what he said. I'm sure that would please Riley. The fact that I just take him at his word. Riley said it. I believe it. It's kind of like the highest compliment you can give somebody. I believe him because he said it. Is this making sense tonight? Are you following me? See, nothing pleases God more when we believe His Word. It's the highest affirmation we can give to another is simply to believe their Word. It shows we trust. And I believe with all my heart that's why God's Word comes under such attack. In the Garden of Eden, back in the very beginning, Adam was given certain instructions by God Himself about what to do and what not to do. And there was one day where he and his wife were in the garden. They were looking at this particular tree and they were looking at the fruit on the tree and they saw that the fruit on the tree was good. And this snake, this serpent, appeared out of nowhere. And, and what's more crazy is the serpent started talking to them and they started having this discussion with the snake. And this snake said, well, why don't you have some fruit? And they said, no, 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 God's told us not to eat of the fruit on this particular tree. And basically, the snake, who was ultimately the devil himself, started challenging the Word of God. And started saying to Adam and Eve in the garden, did God really say? And started trying to discredit the Word of God. Because ultimately, God is most pleased when we just take Him at His Word. The devil tries to undermine God's integrity. And faith is based on God's integrity. See, when we're struggling in our faith, the ultimate question is, can God's word be trusted? That's what we're dealing with here. Can God's word be trusted? Is he a God that can actually do what he said he would do? And that's why when we are facing troubled times, we tend to wane in our faith because the circumstances and the situations get beyond us. And we need to remain true to what it is that God is saying. Mary believed God. She put faith in God's word. This 
pleased God. My question to you is, do you believe God? Do you believe the integrity of His Word? See, ultimately, faith is about doing things in response to what God has said. Which brings me to our third point tonight. And that is the response of faith. See, Mary responded to God. And ultimately, faith is seen by what we do. In Hebrews chapter 1, oh, sorry, 11, verse 1, there is the description of faith. But after that, there are the acts of faith. We see that it was Abel who gave a better offering to his brother. Oh, sorry, than his brother. We see it was Noah that built an ark. We see it was Abraham's parent, uh, sorry, Moses' parents that, that hid him as a young boy and, and watched him grow. Faith actually is an action. People that say that they love God and yet there's no actions following actually suggest they don't believe God. For God to say that His will and His ways in uh, um, showing Himself to the world is through the church. That's what God said. And when we choose to love God, but we don't go to church, we're saying, God, there's got to be a better way than what you have come up with. And so ultimately, people that don't want to go to church, it's a struggle of the integrity of God's Word. It's not about, can a Christian be a Christian and not go to church? It's about, can God's Word be trusted? That's the issue here. Can we trust God's Word? Because that's where faith starts. And as a result, if God's word can be trusted, then we can start acting according to the trust we put in his word. Noah was asked to build a boat because a whole heap of rain was coming. Now what you need to understand about that is Noah had not ever seen rain before. And he was not a boat builder. But because he trusted God's word, he went to work. And he started acting out his faith. He realized that God's integrity is intact, that God does not lie. And so because God said it, I'm going to act on what God said, even though I don't understand it, even though I don't get it, but God's word can be trusted. And when God says that he is building his church, when God says it's the church that he's coming back for, when God says it's only the church that he's building, it's only the church he's coming back for, that should cause every Christian just to hold their line and say, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but you know what? God is an integrous God and his word can be trusted, so I'm going to keep living according to this way and not give up and not give in and not be swayed one way or another. That's what faith is all about. Pete was talking this morning about good pain and, and, and bad pain. And bad pain often comes along when we do stupid things, but there is good pain. There is pain God brings into our world to grow us. He wants us to grow up. And it never ceases to amaze me that we as Christians complain about bad times, troubled times, hard times. We complain when things go a little bit tough. And yet you've only got to think back to the foundation of our faith. The foundation of our faith, the founder of our faith was a man who endured much pain. I mean, to say you're a Christian is to align yourself with a man who endured much pain. Who lived a selfless life. 
who lived a sacrificial life. For us to identify with Christ is to say yes to sacrifice. It's to say yes to selflessness. It's to say yes to pain. It's to say yes to putting others before ourselves. That's what the Christian life is all about. And to be able to do that ongoing, week after week, month after month, year after year, it takes faith. Because sometimes when you look around, having, having done this for a few years, you think, hang on, why am, why am I still doing this? There is others who have given up and given in, and, and they seem to be having a good life. But, but we have to hold on to the integrity of God's Word. Jesus endured much pain. Jesus said, follow me. And so why do we get so upset when things don't go our way? I want to tell you that God is using these things in order to grow us. James chapter 2 verse 18 says, I have, uh, Some say I have faith and I have deeds. But he says, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Mary's faith was seen in the way she responded. She didn't say, I have faith, and then to completely ignore the word of the Lord. She acted in a way that was in keeping with what God had said to her and of her. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Faith believes and speaks aloud to notify the situation of soon coming change. That's what faith's all about. See, faith is not faith in faith. Faith is not believing in something that is not there just because you can't see it. No, faith is believing for things that you haven't seen, but it's also believing in a God that has gone before us and done some incredible things. And so we're placing our faith for the things we haven't seen because of the things we have seen. When you think about the Word of God, the fact that the Word of God is so readily available to us today, when many people have tried to put the Word of God to death, that in itself is a miracle. We should be able to say, man, God's Word can be trusted. And so as we face 2013, I don't know what it is that you're believing for. And I don't know how long it is that you've been waiting for certain things to come into your world. I'm not sure of how long those things have taken for you. But I know the answer is never to doubt God. It's never to go back on His Word. It's to hold on to the things that God has been asking of you. I know some people who are struggling in their health and struggling in their bodies. I believe no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situations, no matter what the doctor's reports are, I believe that God can heal any person because His power is able to do that. I believe that with all of my heart. It doesn't mean He will, it means He can and we need to put our faith in what He can do. We need to put our faith in the integrity of God's Word. Can God heal? Absolutely. But when we start looking around at other people and other things and other circumstances and other situations, that's when we get in trouble. And so we need to keep our eyes on Him. Faith is now. We need to respond to God's Word now. You notice this, the devil hates now. He loves yesterday. He loves tomorrow. 
but to do something now. And I want the musicians to come back up here. I thought what would be good tonight on the first Sunday night of the year that we have our gathering together would just be to spend some time just focusing on Him. We're going to continue these thoughts over the next few Sunday nights about increasing our faith. But just as an introduction tonight, I want us just to really focus upon Him. Because I know when you get to the end of a year, some of us have been through situations and circumstances, but we want to start this year in a positive, front-footed way. But we don't want it to be out of height. We want it to be out of, based upon the reality of His Word. My question to you tonight, if faith is simply believing God, do you believe God? And what are you believing God for? Do you believe? I mean, do you really believe? I mean, if you really believe that Jesus is the head of the church, that should be enough to handle every problem you ever face in the church. If you believe that Jesus is Lord of the universe, every problem that comes in the universe should be able to put under the context of God being true. Last week I stood up here and I made mention how we've been broken into. While we were asleep last Saturday night, some people came into our home, or well, a person, I don't know, but someone came into our home and stole a few things while we were asleep. Happens. Can I say that if I started to focus on that stuff, I wouldn't be up here doing what I'm doing tonight. See, sometimes we confuse truth and things that are true with His truth, the greater truth. See, I'm not lying to you tonight to say someone came in our home. They did. It's true. And someone stole some of our possessions. It's true. But the greater truth is God's in control. The greater truth is that this will work together for the good. So what truth are you going to focus on? Someone might have hurt you. It's true. But Tony, you don't understand. They said, you don't know what they said. They said this. It's true. I'm not even right. It's true. But does that little truth change the greater truth? It's just a matter of perspective. What are you going to focus on? And faith, faith will focus on God's Word and what He said. Not what somebody else said. Not what somebody else did. Even if it's true. Can you imagine if I started saying, yeah, but you don't understand. Someone broke into my home. They did. They actually, I'm not making this up. They came into my home and they stole some stuff. And I'm a pastor and it shouldn't happen. I know godless people have never been broken into. Why did it happen to me? I can get in a really bad place really quickly focusing on that. And it's, but the foundation of all that is it's true. I'm not making it up. 
But that's where you've got to grab a hold of those thoughts. And the way we grab a hold of those thoughts is by exercising our faith. What is faith? Faith is simply believing God. It's believing the integrity of God and His Word. Can God be trusted? The cool thing about this story, met up with some friends the next day. It was a public holiday. Remember that? Monday seems so long ago. And someone asked me, I said, how did you sleep last night? And I said, oh, good, thanks. And I missed the context of what they were trying to say. They were saying, no, no, no. In light of being broken into the night before, how did you sleep last night? And this is what I said. I said, oh, I didn't even think about it. And then I started thinking about even more. Our kids who are also in the home didn't think about it. I mean, if we needed to stand with our kids and, 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 and pray for them and, and, and just whatever we need to do, that, that, and then they finally got to sleep, that would be good. But I want to tell you, there's something better than that. There's something greater than that. There was this supernatural peace that we were full of. The peace in me, the peace in Kath, the peace in our kids was greater than the fear of what could happen. Where did that peace come from? It comes from knowing that God can be trusted. It comes from knowing that God is in control. It comes from knowing that God has a plan and God has a purpose. But we have to make a decision because faith is a response. And we have to choose, and I want us to choose this year, 2013, to respond well to God's Word. Ravi Zachariah said, the trouble is with the culture we live in today, they listen with their eyes and they think with their feelings. And I say, amen and amen. We live in a world that thinks with its feelings. And they look with their eyes and because they see something, it must be true. And they don't process well and they don't interpret well. You might see some things. We've tried to protect our kids as they've grown up from certain things. But I know as they get older, we're not going to be able to protect them the way we used to. And so whereas we used to protect them, now we're trying to teach them to process. And say, we know you saw that. We can no longer protect you from seeing these sorts of things. What are you thinking? Where's your thinking coming from? What's your thinking based upon? And we try to help them to think according to the Word of God. And as a pastor and of this pastoral team, we want you to be able to process well. And you'll never process well if you're not thinking correctly. If you're only thinking according to how you feel. Feelings come, feelings go. But the Word of God does not change. No circumstance, no situation changes the fact that God's in control. No circumstance, no situation in my life changes the fact that Jesus is coming back for His church. I don't want to miss out on that. No circumstance, no situation changes the fact that Jesus is coming back and He's going to give out rewards according to those that are faithful in the end and to the end. I don't want my feelings or circumstances to rob me of that. Who here has ever been hurt? Who here has ever been let down by another person? It's true, isn't it? 
It's true. But here's the greater truth. God's in control. And He's got peace for you. He's got forgiveness for you. He's got love for you. Jesus said you've got to not just love those that love you. He said, I want you to love your enemies. How do you do that? When you're full of faith. When you're full of love. Not full of bitterness. So what are you full of? No one can make you bitter. Nobody. Nobody can make you upset. Nobody. There's only one person that can make you upset, and that's you. It's me. If I'm upset, I've allowed myself to get upset. If you're upset, you've allowed it to happen. You've allowed your upset nature to get the better of you. And now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more above and beyond do we ask, dream, hope or imagine according to the power that's at work in you. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.